everything I feel like that you need to know about me that's relevant to this job is in the resume. And then it's like, okay, well, how do do I communicate to you professionally in this letter that I'm a really cool person? And you know what I mean? And I'm really nice without it sounding cheesy or I'm really, (laughs) you know, I'm friendly, hire me. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like this weird place to be where I'm like, just call me in for an interview. And now you're listening to the Sugar Free Podcast. Welcome to the tea party, friends. Now tell me, girl, how you like your tea. You know it's sugar free. Now tell me, girl, how you like your tea. Up in here, we like it sugar free. Come through, stop by, get up with me. With your girl sitting back, I'm a little crazy. Ooh, right here with me. It's where you wanna be. Wanna be. Let's get it sugar free. Yeah. Tell me, girl. Me, girl. How you like it, tea? How you like it, tea? You know it's sugar free. Yeah. Hey, friends. Knock, knock. Who's there? Surprise, it's me. It's your girl Sit Mac from Sugar Free. It's your girl Sit Mac from Sugar Free. <laughs> Are you surprised? Really, you're not. You should be because it's Thursday and we don't normally air episodes on Thursday. But I decided that I wanted to bless you all with a little extra special treat this week. Because quite frankly, listen, y'all, the conversation I had with Charnay was so fantastic and it went on for nearly an hour and a half. And so I didn't think it appropriate to put that much pressure on you to listen to an hour and a half episode because I know, listen, friends, I know it's a lot of pressure. I know y'all love me. I know y'all want to support me. I know y'all want to get these gems. But I know, you know, we're in a relationship, but we're not in a serious relationship. And so I don't expect y'all to devote that type of commitment to me. Not yet. Not yet. But by season three, we're going to be going together. Okay. so get yourself ready. But until then, I decided to take some of the pressure off as we're still in the getting to know you phase before, you know, we make it Facebook official and all that. I thought it would be better to break this episode up into two parts. So today you're gonna get some snippets from the episode that didn't make it into the original episode, but I felt like you guys really needed to hear because quite frankly, Charnay's advice was fantastic and right on point. And then also I got a good little chuckle. So I figured y'all could use a little chuckle too. All right, y'all ready? Wonderful, let's just get right into this episode by getting started with the importance of LinkedIn. How important is LinkedIn and keeping it updated to our job search? Because I kind of think of LinkedIn as being our digital resumes. Are people looking at those and do we need to have it or is really the paper resume all most important? LinkedIn is your second resume at this point. Um, I really think that it should align with whatever is on your resume. A lot of people feel like they have to have um, posts up or they have to network on it or whatever the case may be. Um, And it's not that. 
there's not, it shouldn't be so much pressure to be this fancy professional on LinkedIn. And I feel like that's why a lot of women of color don't use it because they feel like they have to be a certain way on the platform. And it's, it's not for that. Um, as a recruiter, we paid a lot of money to use that database to reach out to people. Um, mm-hmm. So I would say make sure that it matches whatever's on your current resume so that if we have an opportunity, we can reach out to you. Now, I would normally only reach out to people that said that they were immediately up open to applying. So make sure that you check that box that says um, that you're actively or immediately, it says something like that, that you're immediately applying for roles. Um, if you say that you're passively applying or you don't select anything, we might not reach out to you. Okay, so I need more clarity on that and how that works, because there have been many times where I wanted to check that box, but sometimes, oh, and that's the the thing about LinkedIn that I hate and that I love, right? You could see people sneaking around on your LinkedIn page, Mm -hmm. but then they can also see you sneaking around on their LinkedIn page. And I have (laughs) seen my employers, my bosses in the past sneaking around on my LinkedIn page, like, what you doing here, right? Um, And so I'm always concerned if I check that I'm actively looking, can my current employer see that? And maybe that's something I don't want them to know at this particular time. Like, is there a way to only allow recruiters to see that or something that anyone that stumbles upon your page is going to be able to see? So LinkedIn tries their best for employers to not see it. And if you check the box of recruiters only, only recruiters have access to it. But if you know that your HR department at your job searches on LinkedIn for candidates, then you might want to just keep your search confidential and not show recruiters that you're open and just apply on your own. The goal is to make it as easy as possible for you to get opportunities. But if you feel like there's any chance that you're risking your job, don't do it. Don't do it. I will say that as your boss or whoever it is, if they don't have access to LinkedIn recruiter, they can't see whether or not you're open for work. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. Good. Case by case. (laughs) (laughs) I always be wondering like, what you doing on my page? (laughs) Yeah. What they're doing is kind of just looking to see if you're showing any signs in your um, summary that you're open to work. That's the only way they would know. Like if you're typing out stuff that says I'm looking for my next opportunity. Mm. Cause Mm -hmm. I know too on LinkedIn, they have those little badges and it's like, It'll oh, I hate back. those. I hate them. <laughs> the green, you talking about that green? I think it's so desperate. Oh. I don't like that. Okay. I don't know how to do that. What if but you are desperate? You don't need to show it. Like the recruiter is going to see you in the database, whether or not you have that circle or not. That's probably something a lot of people don't know is that we see that you're open um, your profile might just not match the keywords that we're looking for. So that's why I said it's your second resume. Those keywords that are in your skill section, they need to be on your profile too. Okay. Okay. So we definitely need to keep our LinkedIn up today. And one last question on LinkedIn, picture or no picture? Picture. Picture. I'm more inclined to reach out to you if I can see your face. It goes back into another bias, unfortunately, of, you know, we need to see who we're dealing with in order to see if you match our company culture, whatever that means, you know. Um, so it is a bias for sure, but they're looking for pictures. I hate that. The 
because I hate when people use company culture because a lot of times I feel like company culture is synonymous with homogenous. Mm-hmm. Do you look like us? Mm-hmm. Do we think that you behave like us? And like us? Yes. Can we hire one more of us? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and there's no diversity in that. When everyone is the same, there's no diversity. So um, I hate, hate, hate that statement, but it's very true to our current world of work. Yeah, I, I hate it too, because a lot of times, especially working in male dominated professions, professions where we have all seen that, um, well, now, um, that sticker going around on Instagram saying only 2% of lawyers are black women. Show me one that, you know, right? Like if we know that only 2% of the profession is black women, when you say, you know what I mean? Like we're looking for cultural fits, the likelihood that the culture is being cultivated or driven by people who look like me is very slim. And so when I see cultural fit, I'm like, well, how can I possibly see myself here? And I remember working at a company once where, um, and this was not a legal company. It was just a regular company. And um, on the values page, it was no women of color. And I'm like, this should not be on the company values page, like on the company culture page, because if we're committing ourselves to diversifying our workforce as a woman of color, I don't look at this page and see myself here. I don't see like literally don't see myself here. (laughs) I don't see this as being a place where I would feel welcomed. And and so I, I feel like that culture language can just be super exclusive and we talk about our the company values it's like yeah Yeah. that's it's not inclusive at all and I really hate that for us yeah same I agree I agree we've spent like six plus months trying to find the right cultural fit that we denied so many people who were qualified and they probably went home thinking why didn't I get the job and it could have been something as simple as something they said in the interview that they didn't like how they said it it's, it's very, very, very biased. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's why we have you to change the culture. (laughs) Every day, girl. (laughs) Stop commercial time. Hey friends. So do y'all remember how we decided together that 2022 would be our year, our year to be selfish The year that we start finally taking the steps necessary to get our financial lives together. Y'all remember that? Well, I decided to get my financial life together by opening up my first investment account and investing in the stock market. Now, all I have to do is actually learn how to invest. (laughs) And I hope you'll join me. My good friend and season one guest, top 100 financial advisor and founder of Building Bread, Kevin Matthews has put together an easy to understand, easy to follow set of resources for newbie investors just like us called the Investor's Toolkit. The Investor's Toolkit is a seven module course designed to guide us step by step through our stock market investing journey. We need this, friends. Well, if you're ready to stop talking about it and be about it, click the link in my show notes to access the Building Bread Investor's Toolkit. And if you use the link in the notes, you'll also get a special sugar-free discount. Y'all know I'm going to take care of you, friends, right? Good. Now back to the show. 
You mentioned earlier about reserving certain long-winded statements about who we are for our cover letter. Is the cover letter dead? Because I hate the cover letter. If I see a job posting with a cover letter, I'm probably going to be like, mm, no, nah, I'm good, girl. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, <laughs> again, traditional companies, you know, academic hospitals, they, they still want to read them. Um, but I personally despise and hate cover letters for that very reason. I feel like it's another piece of information that nobody's going to read. And you spend your time trying to write one and it's just... It's just there. Um, hiring managers who are still on the traditional side and maybe the boomer, boomer generation are definitely reading them. Um, so if you're looking at it from that standpoint, if they ask for it, even if it's optional, upload one. Um, but I, I hope that they fizzle out within the next few years. I really do. But I feel like nobody's reading them as much as they used to. I, I agree. I don't really understand the value. And maybe it's because there's no clearly defined structure or standard for what makes a good cover letter that it makes it difficult for me to understand the value because you don't want to just rewrite everything that's on your resume. Okay. Well, what else do you really want to know about me? That's not on this daggone resume. Like everything I feel like that you need to know about me that's relevant to this job is in the resume. And then it's like, okay, well, do you just, how, how do I communicate to you professionally in this letter that I'm a really cool yeah. person? And you know what I mean? And I'm really nice without yeah. it sounding cheesy yeah. or I'm really, <laughs> you know, I'm friendly, hire me. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like this weird place to be where yeah. it, I'm like, just call me in for an interview. If you want to know if I'm cool, if you want to know more about my background, if my experience on my resume speaks to you, just call me in for an interview. And, and I consider myself a very good writer. And I still am like, why <laughs> it's a waste of time like if we're thinking about it from the standpoint of trying to condense down your resume to those four to five bullet points and you have a ton of data or a ton of impressive awards or anything that's going to make you shine that's when your cover letter can shine when you have stuff that you couldn't keep on your resume you could just transition it onto your cover letter I recommend having two paragraphs and then some bullets under that to break up the paragraph form um, so that way they'll still, you know, they'll still hopefully read some of it um, and then have one last bullet point. I'm sorry, one last paragraph under that. So we've got two paragraphs, bullet points, and then one finisher of a paragraph at the bottom. What typically would you communicate in the bullet points? Mm, that data, those accomplishments, how you can move the position forward. Um, you're really shining in those bullet points and it's matching the stuff that's on your resume or expanding on the stuff that's on your resume. Woo chow. Mm-hmm. What a show. We shared some good old tea today, didn't we, friend? Thank you for your presence. I truly enjoyed you at the tea party. And we appreciate you sipping on some sugar-free tea. With me, your host, Sid Mack. Until next time, be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Sugar Free Podcast or at Sugar Free Pod. You can also visit our website at www.sugarfreepodcast.com. See you again soon, friends, and be sure to 
keep the tea party going, a with plenty of tea that's 100% sugar-free. Meet small business owner Mackenzie Nicole. Mackenzie's business is growing and she needs forms and templates to legally protect her business from clients, partners, and employees. But she's low on cash and needs to find forms and templates that are legally binding and comprehensive, yet affordable. Not knowing where to find such forms and templates, Mackenzie was stressed until she found Formally Forms, the one-stop DIY legal shop for small business owners, side hustlers, and entrepreneurs. All Formally Forms are affordable, easy to use, and expertly drafted by a licensed business attorney and reviewed by a law professor. So what are you waiting for? Be like Mackenzie and get your Formally Form or template today.